0: One boom. Get ready to enter the Thrive Time show on Talk Radio
1: 1170.
0: This is the Thrive Time Show on your radio, and today we are breaking down the life and times of Google. How did they start it? How did Larry and Page? How did Larry Page and Sergey Brin start it? How did they build it? Where did they build it? And then the entire week, we're going to be focused on teaching you how Google works. Well, why? Because everybody uses Google. You're using Google all the time. Chup, it's a Tuesday. You know, it's a little afternoon here. It's getting past one o'clock. Let me ask you this. How much have you used Google today? Like, what, what have you used Google for so far? It's one o'clock on a Tuesday.
2: All day, every day. Um, every meeting that we have with a client, we do on a Google Doc. So okay, that's one. If they're in person or One on point the phone, for Google. One boop point boop. for Google. Um, we typically track multiple other Google Docs and Google Sheets, spreadsheets, boop boop. in that meeting. Uh, we store them on the Google Drive. Boop boop. They sent things over on Gmail. So there's, you know, that's literally, Four all, points. literally all Four day. points. Yeah. Now,
0: now, have you ever, did this weekend or over the Thanksgiving break, did you use uh, GPS to get anywhere? I did.
2: And where did you go? Uh, let's see. Where did we go? We, we were uh, just running around town doing errands, went and got some Christmas lights at Lowe's. Down.
0: And, okay, and so where, wh- wh- as far as using GPS, uh, did you use
1: Google or did you use a different one? So I yeah. use Google last night. We, we Chubb were- has to use GPS to get home every day. Yeah. <laughs> he drives the same I way. I don't even
0: know what that means. But yeah, yeah, Steve. Okay, that, that's the, a deeper The issue.
2: GPS is for remembering. The brain is for thinking.
0: Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Now, so, Chuck, wait, how else have you used Google? I mean, do you used YouTube? YouTube, at all? yep. We you watch use YouTube, YouTube videos. How to, how okay. to hang
2: Christmas lights properly. No. Okay, that's six. Okay, anything else use um, Google? Uh, just to search things. Just you to have find, a pho- to find anything? I would get on Google and Google it because okay. it's a verb now. That's the seventh. Okay. Um, do you put your photos on Google Drive or no? No. Steve, do you
0: do? Do you yep. put your? You do. Yep. That's eight. Anybody? Is there any other way we've used Google today? It's Tuesday. It's it's
2: noon. Have we used Google any other way so far? Well, I used the new uh, Google Nap app earlier. Take a little napski before the show.
0: Is that a real thing?
2: No, it's not actually oh, real. It okay, should be. Nice.
0: That's nice. next so on their so list. Though. So, you, so I, you,
2: I love it
1: how every once in a while we totally get Clay. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he's like for real. Wait, like, no, you guys whatever.
0: understand my job on this show is to make sure that we go from the beginning <laughs> to the end. And you guys, what you guys are doing, this is how I this is how I describe our relationship on the show. We we said, hey, you know what? We're gonna go to Minnesota on vacation, Minnesota. And because I'm one of those stereotypical dads, I would say nobody can urinate in this. No, no one can. No one can pull over. I'm I'm tired of it. No one. No one can pull over at all because we're going to go to Minnesota. 12 hours. We're, we're going to
2: drive record
0: time. We're going to make record time, and we will only go to the bathroom to urinate when we refill the vehicle. So we refill the vehicle what twice on the way to Minnesota. When we pull over in like uh, uh, Kansas City, you guys can pee. But I don't want any peeing to happen before we get to Kansas City because we're leaving Tulsa. We're going to go from Joplin. We're going from Tulsa to Joplin, to Kansas City, to Des Moines, to Minnesota. That's how it's happened. You can pee in Kansas City. You can pee in Des Moines. And you can pee in Minneapolis. But I don't want any peeing, and we're not stopping for Twizzlers. That's right. And I feel like as we're getting in the car and we're just getting going, Steve will point out, but there's a subway. I have to pee. And I'm like, what? Well, they have a great deal on meatballs, and I have to pee. And I'm like, we just left. We're not even in Katusa yet. How do you have to pee? And you're going, <laughs> no, stop. And by the way, a lot of people like Subway. Let's talk about Subway. And I'm going, no, we've got to get to Minneapolis. So I'm just talking about Minneapolis. I feel like Steve's talking about Subway sometimes. And everyone wants to talk about Subway because it's great food. Yeah. And the reality is people do have to pee. It's not, it's not weird. It, it is weird to not pee. Steve,
2: I mean, pass me that bottle, would you?
0: Oh, nice. Okay. Oh, whoa. Well, hey, I'm right in the back the whole way. So here's the deal. We're talking about the Google, the Google story, how Larry and Sergey built their empire. Well, what happens is in 1997, they started sharing their website, which was hosted at google.stanford.edu. It was still on the Stanford servers. They're sharing it with students, and students are starting to use it all the time to find stuff because they go, man, your uh, search engine works a lot better than Alta Vista, than Ask Jeeves. Then Yahoo, then AOL. <laughs> so we're going to start using this, and so they go. That that's awesome. But the problem is when you use Google, it requires servers. I want to make sure you're getting this. You know, Google um, was looking into buying a huge piece of land out there near Inola, and do you know why? That Google wanted to buy land in Inola to make a big place to store servers. Uh, they needed the groundwater to cool their servers. Oh. And Oklahoma has a lot of groundwater, and they needed so to cool it. Also, Gatorade, you know, looked at coming yeah. out here. And the reason why is because they need that groundwater because the servers literally heat up. If you've ever been around a server, it gets hot. And server so, room, oh, yeah. There are many, many people using the website all the time. There's, then they started to get to millions of people using it, and they still weren't making any money. So they called their buddy up, Susan. They said, Susan, can we office in your garage? She goes, sure. And she says, Who's going to be officing with you guys? And they go, Ah, well, it's just going to be Larry, Sergey, and Craig. Oh, Craig. So they move in there, and they're really, really strapped for cash. Every dime they make, they're spending it on servers. Why? Because they're not making any money yet. They haven't sold advertisements yet. So they started uh, basically using their Stanford connections to reach out to Silicon Valley success stories. And they got in front of a guy by the name of Andy. And Steve, do you want to try to pronounce this last name here? Andy.
1: Bechtelsheim. Bechtelsheim.
0: Bechtolsheim. Yeah. Uh, he worked with David. Uh, he worked with uh, 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 David Hasselhoff and Knight Rider. <laughs> well, and he, he, uh, he uh, interestingly,
1: uh, Bechtel is my uh, my dad's mom's maiden name. Bechter? Bechtel? Uh Really? Not without the shime. No shime? Uh, you were well, She had no shime. I'm yeah, from Minna-
0: <laughs> I'm from Minnesota, where a lot of my friends were named Rauschendorfer. You oh. know, it's like uh it's like a big German American festival up there. Bechtelscheim. Bechtelsheim. Bechtelsheim. So yeah, Andy Bechtelsheim remember. uh so it they has they, no shime. Uh, he has no shime. So they, they do a they do a, a demonstration of the product in front of Andy Bechtelsheim, who was the <laughs> co-founder of Sun Microsystems. And it
1: says here right in the notes that he was
0: woed. He was wowed, Steve. He was wowed after a <laughs> ten minute presentation. You might have been listening to the rap album Black Rob. Wow. Where he says, like whoa. Like, whoa. But he, he actually were, he was wowed. And so on the spot, this is what he says. He goes, guys, uh, I'm going to write you a check for $100,000 right now. Um, who do I write it to? And uh. they said, because uh, they still hadn't <laughs> d- decided a firm name yet. And they go, uh, Google. And he goes, how do you spell that? G-O-O-G-L-E. And they used that check to set up their bank account.
1: Oof. Wow, isn't that great? So
0: 1998, Larry and Sergey are both 24 years old. And they're out of cash again. They've already blown through the hundred because they're using that for server space. You know, they're officing out of a garage, so they pitched to Jeff Bezos, who's the founder of Amazon, and a guy by the name of Ram. Uh, do you want to pronounce? Do you want to pronounce this, Steve Ram?
2: Ram Sharam. Ram Sharam.
0: Ram Sharam,
1: I believe. Oh, the Ram Sharam. Well, yes. some people oh, they, Ram Some people say Ram Sharam.
0: They are pitching to Ram tomato, yeah. and Jeff Bezos. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> so they're pitching to a, a quality a Jeff American Jeff Bezos. Bezos. And Ram Chalam, and they, they pitch. Now, it is a Jeff Bezos, he says, uh, this is cool. I'll give you 250000 right now. And Ram Sharam invests $200,000. Now, here's what's crazy. Is Ram Sharams $200,000 today is worth $958.4 million? Best in investment.
1: Ever. And he still owns like 5 million shares
0: in Google. Somebody might be saying, well, who is Ram Sharam? Where did he come from? Well, he actually started a company called Jungly, and Jungly was an online shopping experience that allowed potential buyers to compare products. And Jeff Bezos wanted to buy that technology to incorporate it into what is today Amazon. So he bought the business, and all of a sudden, Ram Sharam became the president
2: of the company. You know, Chung Lee, that was the, the the villain in Bloodsport, the Van Dam movie. I don't know if you guys remember that. But, oh, I uh, watched them every day. I've actually, you know, I've never seen him. Oh, wow, really? really? I have really, Really? Have you watched a lot of blood Bloodsport movies? Oh that was me and my cousins. Jam when we were kids back in the day. Do you watch? The Van Dam? You know what I'm talking about? Do you watch Star Wars? No. I've never seen a Star Wars. See, this
0: is the thing. You're wa- That's where the fork in the road was. <laughs> you went, <laughs> went towards to the Bloodsport. Jean-Claude Van yeah, Dam, and I went to Star Wars. That's what happened okay. there. That's how okay. we missed each other. I, I can deal with that. Okay, so they're running around Silicon Valley. Well, a lot of people want to know, well, what is Silicon Valley? These are things we need to be curious about. What is Silicon Valley? Well, Silicon Valley is the southernmost region of the San Francisco Bay Area that includes Santa Clara Valley, San Jose, and the surrounding cities and towns. By the way, big shout-out to Mike Council Plumbing, who hired us to speak out there and work with them years ago. The word Silicon is in reference to the large number of Silicon shipmakers in the region. So Silicon Valley is now home to 39 of the Fortune Top 1,000 companies and is the home to countless startups. They're just running around the valley raising money. And they realized that, you know what, we have a new way to organize the internet, and we're 24. We've been obsessing on this now for almost two years, and uh, we, uh, we probably, need, probably need to make a demand. And so Larry Page says, you know what, this whole back rub thing, we can't just rank sites based just on
2: backlinks, Chubb. Yeah, and I wanted to jump back. Before the last break, you talked about maybe breaking down a couple ways that uh, people out there could go raise money. Yeah, they they're,
0: they're, they're running around Silicon Valley just doing a demo, raising money. How, right. how, would, how, how, how would you advise clients to raise money? So there's
2: a few ways. There's a couple of traditional ways, right? You can get a line of credit. You can get a small business loan. Um, if you need some money right now, but you're willing to pay a little bit higher interest, you could go to a website called Cabbage. K-A-B-B-A-G-E. That's the one, K-A-B-B-A-G-E.com. Cabbage. Or you could ask some friends or family, but Steve, you've talked about this on the show before. If you're going to go this route, you better burn the bridges and make sure this is successful, because you don't want to, you know, steal that money from those people and not pay them back. Right. And then one other option you actually have is to stop spending money. Just stop spending so much money. We talked about
0: Paul Graham on yesterday's show, but Paul Graham, who's built Dropbox, Airbnb, Graham crackers, um, Reddit, uh, no uh, Weebly, Paul Graham. Uh, he's built the Weebly. He built Stripe. He says that he has yet to meet. He, he says it's hard to meet an entrepreneur that doesn't have a second job while they're starting their business. It's very rare you're going to find entrepreneurs that don't have a second job while trying to raise the money they need to start their business. If you're listening right now and you feel like you don't know how to raise money, um, you might want to book your tickets to our next in-person Thrive Time Show workshop. The tickets are just $99. Thank as you Paul of, Hood.
2: Thank you, Paul Hood. As of
0: yeah, courtesy of Paul Hood with Hood CPAs for sponsoring the show. But as of uh today, we have two tickets left. So if you haven't bought your tickets, just go to thrivetimeshow.com. You can buy your tickets. They're $99 to get in, or if you want to have the premium tickets, I believe they're $499. Um, you're gonna
1: love it. It's gonna it's gonna be a game changer for you. And we'll teach you how to raise capital, Steve. Well, here's what I was gonna say you know, for people that want to raise capital, ask yourself what are you willing to invest in yourself? And if you're not going to invest your own dollars into it, why would someone else invest dollars into it? Because I think a lot of people do that. They want to go ask other people for money, but they've literally put no blood, sweat, tears, or cash into their own idea or their own business plan that they're trying to put together. Right. They'd, this rather, is...
2: they'd rather play business with somebody else's money.
0: Right. Well, Dr. Zellner is an example. He and I have a very good relationship in business. He's kind of like my business dad, but he'll match whatever I put into the business. So if I put a dollar in, he'll put a dollar. He That's... won't put in two Well, I'm trying to raise the two. It's I have to put in a dollar and he'll match it. And whenever you give somebody a hand up, things are much better than a hand out. And I will tell you, if you're out there, and I 100% agree with Steve, if you're out there trying to raise money for your for your idea, but you're not willing to sacrifice yourself, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Any investor who, by the way, people who have a lot of money, who've earned a lot of money, have a functional mind. Typically, right. which is how they got there. <laughs> so yeah. They're not going to just fall for your your stupid get rich quick pitch, right? And yeah, so when I say you're not going to
1: do a ten minute presentation and get Doctor Z to give you a hundred thousand dollar check, all right, you hundred thousand right not, now because yeah, you're it's, it's a happened.
0: great idea. No, the idea it's the execution of the idea. They had a demo that worked, and they're out there raising money. And Larry Page says, you know what? We have got to refine this search engine a little more. Because people can buy backlinks now. There's companies out there that will give you backlinks and we, they can buy them. And we don't want to screw up the search results. People are starting to scam. We want people to trust us. So we'll, we'll see how Larry Page tweaked the algorithm and wrote an algorithm called PageRank that he named after himself. Stay tuned. It's The Thrive Time Show and the Google Story right here on The Thrive Time Show on your radio. Casting live from the center of the universe, it's business school without the BS. Featuring optometrist turned
1: entrepreneur, Dr. Robert Zellner, with USSBA Entrepreneur of the Year, Clay Clark. All right,
0: Thrive Nation, welcome back to The Conversation. It is The Thrive Time Show on your radio. And today we're breaking down the life and times of Larry Page and Sergey Brin, the gurus behind... Google. In fact, all week we're devoting the entire week, Chup, to teaching the listeners how we're, we're devoting
2: the entire week to teaching the listeners how Google works. You know, Clay, I wanted to talk. This seems like a giant waste of time. okay really? Who's using Google? Come on uh, it's definitely on its way yeah. out the door. Woo! Is there, can we? Can I would just say I on. would personally never use the Googles. It's I
0: would never use the Googles. I, I prefer to go word of mouth. You, you, you use eight
2: tracks as well? Is, are we still back there?
0: No, I rock some eight tracks, dude. <laughs> I got my Chicago. How am I supposed There was a song, uh, It's Hard for Me to Say I'm Sorry, because I can relate to that, because I've never said I'm sorry.
1: Well, you, and- you know, I actually don't use Google as much as I use Chrome. So. Yeah, well, Chrome, you know. Oh, that's a good I, that's a good point,
0: Steve. I don't I Wait don't, a minute. I personally never use uh, Google either. I use the Chrome as well cuz <laughs> yeah. That's You Duh. Steve uses smart. You I, uses <laughs> what I would call a smart one.
2: He's on Chrome right now. Okay. So here's the trying to do a radio
0: show So here. here's the deal. So the Google, this is this is what's happening. Google now, they're officing out of their out of their garage.
1: Well, out of Susan's
0: Susan, garage. Out of yeah. Susan's garage. Yep. They got a guy by the name of Craig who's working with them. Doesn't everybody? <laughs> and it's the four, it's the four right. of them. They're working together. And when they downloaded the internet, they, they, they downloaded the entire internet from Stanford. And they indexed sites. They ranked sites primarily based upon which sites had the most backlinks. The problem is, the problem is, is that by simply counting the number of times that a keyword is put into a site... And the number of backlinks that a site has, that's how it used to work. Whoever has the most words in the site, the most keywords in the site, and the most backlinks, regardless of whether it made sense or not, um, that would get you to be top in Google. The problem is is that people would stop using Google if that's how it worked. Because then you would just go out. So right now, if you want to buy backlinks online, just type into Google, buy backlinks. And you know what? They know about it. And you can buy backlinks. And guess what? As soon as you get a backlink from one of the companies that um, you're buying a backlink from, you immediately go to the bottom of the internet search results. And so Larry and Sergey believed that they could better they could create better and more relevant search engine results by ranking websites based upon factoring in a number of different factors. That could all be objectively scored with a machine using an algorithm and not human judgment. This new technology began to factor in the number of pages that a website has, the amount of HTML that's A hypertext markup language text on each website, the overall loading speed of the website, the security of the website, the optimization of the meta content the name of the uh, domain itself. Well, this is just a bunch of boring technical terms. I swear I'm tired of this. then the number of people who are already visiting your site, the average time people spend on the site, and it puts it all into like a, a blender of zzz, zzz, and bam, this is how you get to be top, is whoever's, whoever has the highest
2: score based upon all... Of those factors, those are are like the ingredients to an SEO milkshake. What
1: you just did—that was was awesome, like a search engine optimization milkshake. That was
2: delicious. So,
0: 1998, Larry and Sergey—they're both 24 years old. Larry and Sergey both—they decided, you know what, we should probably sell Google and go back to school.
1: Yeah, you know, we're we're, at this point, we're worth nothing. So we should And sell it costs zero. us
0: money. We've had to raise money from freaking the Amazon to, to <laughs> stay in business. From Rom Sharom. We've had to raise money from the Rom Sharom. We had to raise money from Jeff Bezos. We've had to raise money from everyone we know. We're out of money. We just want to get our PhD. This is all your fault, Larry. Screw off, Sergey! This is your fault. All I wanted to do was download the internet, and then look what you've done! Ow. You've allowed us this to fight. build. Ah. We're, we're out in the garage with Susan and Craig will not stop touching me, and the cost of the server is. Put too the much. Mountain
2: duke down, I am Craig!
0: Tired of it. All I wanted to do is get my pH freaking t. So, they get it together, Ow. and at the beginning of Ow. 1999, both Larry Steve, and Sergey decide that it was time to sell Google. And so they entered, into, enter, they entered into some serious negotiations with Excite uh, and, and their Ow. CEO, George <laughs> Bell. And so they offered to sell Google for a million dollars in 1998. Now, George goes, well, I've seen a lot of big deals come across my table over the years, and I this is not one of them, boys, so I'm not going to do it, and uh, I'll let you negotiate with Vinod. Kosha, my second-in-command. So Vinod starts negotiating, going, guys, this deal, you guys want to take the deal. It's a million dollars. I tell you what, If you guys come down to $750, 750 I think I can get George to do it. And they're like, we currently office out of a garage with Susan. We work with Craig. It costs us money every month. Sure, let's do it. So they agreed to sell it to George Bell for seven hundred and fifty grand in 1998. Page said later, he said, we did get offers, but they weren't m- worth much money, so we said, whatever, and went back to Stanford to work on it some more.
1: Whatevs. I love the notable quotable, can I Can I share yeah. this that you yeah. put in here, uh, where Sergey says, uh, some say Google is God, others say Google is Satan, but if uh, they think Google is too powerful, remember that with search engines, unlike other companies, all it takes is a single click to go to another search engine. Yeah. So if you think we're too powerful... Like, Stop us. using. Yeah, this. if everybody if
0: everybody switched and started using Bing tomorrow, then the whole thing would be over. So that's why they're super intense about their rules of what site gets to come up top in Google. Um, the, the Sergey Brin, a notable quotable, he says, "We saw that a thousand results weren't necessarily as useful as ten good ones, which is why they just put the top ten on the results." That's so a metaphor for
2: life, right there. I think. Oh, cup was chop. Are you what gonna Are you gonna get deep with this? Well, I mean, that's I mean, that was kind of as deep as I was gonna go with it. But um, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes you need to focus on what you need to focus on and cut all the other extra crap out. Trim the fat. Trim the fat in to your you, life. Why'd you look Why at me when you said trim the
1: fat? Oh, I'm sorry about that. Suborbital. He was staring <laughs> right at me, and he's like. Yeah, trim the fat. <laughs> I
0: tell you what, I'm going to go ahead and quote another uh, Sergey Brin notable quote. He says, Please do. We believed that we could build a better search. We had a simple idea that not all pages are equal. Some are more important. So what happens is, is that they realized, okay, if we're going to do this, we might as well scale. Now, Sergey Brin explains this very pragmatically, but I think it's hard for a lot of entrepreneurs to do this. He says, once you go from 10 people to 100, you already don't know who everyone is, so at that stage, you might as well just keep growing to get the advantages of scale. What he's saying is, once you go from 10 people to 100, you're you're no longer a small business, so you might as well just get epic with it. You might as well just make it huge because you don't have the benefits of being a small team anymore where everyone knows Craig, everyone knows Susan. And that's really with our, with our Thrive Time Show business coaching program. Um, I am going to keep our program small. Yeah. I'm, I'm never going to make it really big because I, don't, I want all of our coaches to know each other, and I want to have more of kind of a family uh, environment. But Google was saying, "Hey, you know, we're going to scale this thing. We might as well, because they don't even know who everyone is anymore." So they went ahead, 1998, two years in business, and still, no profits. And Sergey kept saying that he kept saying, "Listen, we will not survive if people don't trust us." He said, "We're not going to survive if people don't trust us. We cannot start selling ads." Meanwhile, his partners are going, "Dude." We have no money coming in at all. We have zero revenue. We've been doing this for two years. Who the, needs money? The question I want to ask you, Thrive Nation, is would you be willing to do anything for two years without being paid? I think most entrepreneurs won't, but I will tell you this. You should not you should not start a business unless you're willing to work hard for five years without any compensation. If, if you're not willing to do that, do not start a business. Stay that's, tuned. a Thrive real. Time show on your radio. We're going to break down what it's like to live without profits when we come <laughs> back.
1: business school without the bs welcome to the thrive time show on talk radio 1170 (laughs)
0: Just super, super thankful that this radio show is a radio show and not a video <laughs> uh, a production. Because I tell you what, some of the stuff that happens when we go to commercial break is it's truly, it's truly incredible. I mean, we had a a faux fight, a fight scene. Uh, we got a chance to see Steve's interpretive dance moves That's that go right, along did. with the uh, the new the new weekend music. There, I mean, Steve. I mean, you have you ever thought about becoming an interpretive dancer?
1: I am an interpretive dancer. What kind of what kind of question is that?
0: Have you ever <laughs> thought about marketing your your interpretive <laughs> I mean, dancing skills? He's, I know he's going, he's, viral. He's I going know. viral. I know you
1: like to lock yourself in a room on a weekend and write three books, mm. and I like to do interpretive dance. And okay? that makes
0: sense, and that's why you're so good at it. And we're getting back to the story here. And we're talking about <laughs> the, the life and times of Larry Page and Sergey Brin. This is the Google story. And all week we're going to be breaking down how Google works. So what happens is 1999 – uh, they're two years into business okay and they're having many many people use Google downloading it every day but they can't afford the cost of actually just paying for the server so they have to reach out to Jeff Bezos who's the founder of Amazon he puts some money in they reach out to another guy who's uh, uh, invest money they reach out to Ram Sharron to Sharon and he puts in his money and uh, they basically are realizing you know what we have we've put all of the money that we can round up into this thing, and now this is our third year. We're 24 now. We still haven't made any money. And so they decide to drop out of school. They drop out of Stanford to pursue Google full-time. They drop out of Stanford to to pursue Google full-time. So the year is 1999, and they get a $25 million million round of funding from Kleiner, Perkins, Caulfield, and Byers in Sequoia Capital. It's a big two big venture capital funds. But here is the part that they don't talk about a lot. Is They'd been in business for three years now. They hadn't made any money, and the rule was, hey, if you guys are going to take money from us, you're going to have to at some point make some money now. Weird. And so they were generating 18 million people visiting their website per day.
2: This was in 1999? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God.
0: 18 million people. Yet it was becoming more and more expensive to operate every day because the increased
2: infrastructure cost, the cost of the server, the cost of the computers. And it's the not cost- like the internet wasn't growing at this time. I mean, it's, Right. It's only getting bigger. So it's there- getting
0: bigger and bigger. And they hadn't made a single dime yet. And the team is running out of money. Again, even though they just got $25 million, Woo. they're running out of money. And so what happens is, against Larry and Sergey's wishes, the team decided to go ahead and begin selling AdWords. Now, Chuck, can you explain to the listeners what AdWords uh, is or how it works on kind of a, a third-grade level, where
1: maybe somebody who's a novice to AdWords, where oh, they can really easy understand yeah. uh, you know, how AdWords works? Yes, I'll pretend like I'm talking to Steve. No, no, no. It's just <laughs> easy. I just thought it'd be easy for you because... You so, Steve,
0: we you look you at the third internet all the time. like you're working
1: with. <laughs> it's
2: like uh, it's kind of like so. Two guys walk into a bar. One, ducks. Right. No, no, but (laughs) break break it down. How does that work? So AdWords are the Okay, let's say you Google anything. You're looking for a restaurant. You're looking for something online. You Google it. AdWords are the paid ads that come up above the map listing. So you've seen these on your phone. They have a little ad icon next to them. And basically what that is is people are competing uh, with each other in an auction type system to buy certain keywords, to purchase certain keywords so that when you search for them, You come up above the organic listings.
0: Also, you get charged per click on AdWords. Pay per click, correct. Pay per click. Which is
1: different than being organic, like LaMode, or like, uh, you know, Koloff Fitness is another client who's working really hard to become... Organically at the top, like that Steve they're not Carrington. paying for ads.
0: So get to the top. Getting to the top of Google is something that you can do through the process of search engine optimization, which the Thrive Time uh, Show business coaching program can help you with. But AdWords are where you can immediately get to the top of Google, but you're paying per click, and so immediately you break out of the clutter and immediately you get to the top of those searches. But the issue with Pay per click is you pay every single time that someone clicks. Also, your competition who wants to beat you, right? They want to be, get clicky, more clicky. business than you do. They can. It's an auction system, so they can say, you know what? You're paying four dollars a click. I'm going to pay eight dollars a click, and then your other competition says, you know what? They're paying eight. I'm willing to pay twelve. It just keeps going up and up and up. And Steve in the mortgage business, because the profit per mortgage is fairly high. What's the highest you've seen pay per click get to
1: since when you when you were running uh, pay per click ads? Uh, well, mortgage isn't as bad as as some others, but you know I think w- at some point we we're at upwards of four. But roofing, believe it or not, uh, if you're looking for the searching term woof, Tulsa woof, roofing, woof. yeah, oh. 20 bucks a click, twenty bucks a $20 click, twenty dollars a click, and that's because why? Google has pitted all the guys against each other. And so one guy decides, just like you said, oh, I'll pay eight. The other guy says, I'll pay twelve. Next thing you know That's called free market, Steve. Yeah, all you and you and all the other roofers in Tulsa are now paying twenty bucks. Not when you sell a roof. Per click. Every per time click. someone clicks on your I, ad.
2: I had I was working with a guy, I'm not gonna say who it was, but Him and his partner split up, and then they were now operating the same business, uh, same type of business, and they were in a battle, a pay-per-click battle, and they were upwards of like $28 per click because they just kept one-upping each other, and it was like a nightmare for them both. It's a
0: battle between competitors, but Google wins. Right. So it's like you're battling each other, but Google keeps winning. The more you fight your competitor, they keep winning. And so they they adopted the pay-per-click model which uh, was actually created by Bill Gross, who is the founder of Agato.com, which later became Overture. And uh, Bill Gross wasn't too happy about it, and so he decided to sue those guys at Google, and uh, that's what happened there. So 2001, Larry and Sergey are both now 26 years old. They've been working on Google for five years, and they're finally receiving a patent for the Page Rank algorithm that Larry Page invented. So five years in business, they finally are getting credit for having actually developed something, right? And they're, start, they're starting to now finally sell AdWords. And so Larry and Sergey agreed, you know what? We're going to have to grow up from a baby business to a big-time business. And so they agreed, uh, per the recommendation of the board, to hire a, a coach, to hire a, uh, a mentor to hire uh, somebody who could help steer the ship and to help them become profitable. And that man was Eric Schmidt. And so Eric Schmidt was brought on to be the company's CEO. And by the way, Larry and Sergey are now back in charge, but they needed someone to help them who had the experience needed to take the company where they wanted to go. They wanted to learn from Nintendo. Eric at not that mistake. point was
1: 27, had a lot of more experience. He'd been around the block.
0: Well, Eric, Eric knew his stuff. And I want to make sure that we're, we're getting this idea here because Eric Schmidt, um, while working as an intern at Bell Labs, he created a complete rewrite of one of their critical software programs. And so, I mean, he's an intern. He's an intern working there, uh, probably not making very much. And he decides to uh, rewrite one of their most critical pieces of software, and it's a home run. And so from 1997 to 2001, he was the chief executive officer of Novell, a massive software and services company based in Provo, Utah. So he'd already been a CEO before. He'd already shown his success. And so 2004, they're both 29 years old. They've been working on this for eight years. That's a grind. Eight years. And now finally, eight years in, they decide to do what? They decide to take the company public, and that's a huge undertaking. So when we come back, we're going to break down what happened in 2004 when Larry and Sergey decided to take Google public and what it means to take a company public. I think a lot of people don't know what that means, and I'm sure you do, but maybe your friends don't. You can take some notes and then tell them what it means to take your company public. That's when everybody time. finds out about it, right? That's when everyone finds out about it. I mean, taking a company company public is the time where um, you allow other outside investors to invest in your business For the first time. It's the Thrive Time Show on your radio. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Thrive Time Show on Talk Radio 1170.
2: Everybody sour like a lemon tree. I'm just smiling down upon my enemies. Do they and love it on a daily? Say you hate your job, but you'll never leave. Never leave, but that ain't gonna be me. That ain't gonna be me. My brother called me up, said he saw me on TV. I said it wasn't easy, but right now I'm living breezy. Build this engine from the ground up. Now my hands they ain't too greasy, feel me? Hey, hey. Hey, I'm on vacation every single day because I love my occupation. All right, Thrive Nation,
0: ay, if ay, you ay, want to love your vacation. occupation, you have found the right show for yourself because most people, according to Forbes, 70% of people out there do not like their jobs. Bummer. Uh, furthermore, uh, according to eight, uh, according to Forbes, 80% of small business owners fail. So a lot of people are like, well, I don't like working here. So I'm going to go start my own business. And then when they start their own business, that business doesn't do well. And you know why? Bigger bummer. Because they don't know what to do. They don't have the tools and the training needed. You know, college teaches you how to memorize things. It teaches you how to pass tests and get a B to take knowledge, regurgitate it, put it on a piece of paper <laughs> to, get to pass B. the test to get a B. But you don't actually learn How to Start and Grow a Successful Business. That's why we broadcast every single day, broadcast excellence. We bring you business school without the BS, and we also bring you uh, conferences. We bring you in-person business training. It's a two-day interactive business training workshop and you can find the you can find more information about it by going to thrivetimeshow.com and when you click on conferences there you can find out information about the upcoming conference our next conference is december 8th and 9th it's december 8th and 9th it's a two-day 15-hour workshop and thanks to a generous sponsorship from our good friend uh, paul hood with hood cpas you can now afford the tickets are just 99 dollars to purchase your tickets to the in-person
2: thrive time workshop Chuck guys listen this is actually a game changer okay i have sat through every one of our conferences that we've had i've seen so many people come in and experience a life-changing thing that changes the way they look at their business you're not going to be filled up with affirmation and and positive energy you will get that but you're also going to be sent home with specific action items over 13 areas of your business that you can begin to grow and systemize and create financial and time freedom for yourself in your business because the business is built to serve who steve the owner oh that's bam. wait what hoodcpas.com so here's here's what we do here's what we
0: do at the workshop we teach you accounting we teach you sales. We teach you how to build duplicative workflows. We teach you branding. We also teach you how Google works. And this That's entire right. week, we're going to be teaching you how Google works. So in 2004, Larry and Sergey are both 29 years old, and they really haven't made any money yet. They've been doing this thing for eight years, and they decide, you know what? It's time to take the company public. We just started using AdWords. And the pay-per-click, we're just now starting to make a lot of money because people who want to get to the top of Google a lot of times don't want to invest the time needed to figure out how to get to the top of Google. And a lot of people would just rather pay for AdWords because they're not willing to invest the time needed to learn how to optimize their website. Or they're not willing to invest in the expertise the consulting needed to teach you how to get to the top of Google. And so a lot of people just buy AdWords all the time. And we talked about in the previous segment, but if you want to be top today for the word Tulsa Mortgages... Uh, guess what? Steve All Currington. Do is pay. Well, Steve Currington with Total Winning Concepts, you're already to the top of Google. Yep. But if I wanted to get a, ahead of you, I could pay for AdWords for those display ads, but I get charged per click. Yep. So every time that I click the ad, I have to pay money. And then if a competitor says, Well, I want to be ahead of Clay, who's ahead of Steve, then they have to pay. And you just keep doing this. And Google charges you for AdWords, but the organic search results, which, by the way, the majority of people use. That's where it's at. You can't buy those. Nope. Those are determined by an algorithm. And on tomorrow's show, we're going to teach you specifically how to get to the top of Google. But they're starting to make money now, 2004. And they here's what they do. They come together. It's Larry Page, Sergey Brin. They've been together, partners since Stanford in the Ph.D. program, and Eric Schmidt. And they get together and they say, We commit to staying together for 20 years. God willing, we're not going to stop doing this until the year 2024. And that really resonated with investors because investors don't want to invest in somebody who's not committed to their idea. They'd already been working on their idea for eight years. I think that right there is a a really great stopping point for today's show because if you can't wrap your mind around the concept of committing to your own business for eight consecutive years... Nobody else will. I mean, no one's going to put their money into your company if you haven't grinded it out. You've got to stay committed. You know, um, as a business coach, I've been doing this since, well, I guess it's I'm a 37 now. So this would be my 12th year doing this. You know, um, I mean, I've been self-employed since I was 16 years old. This isn't like a new thing for me. You know, right. people don't want to invest money. You talked about it earlier, Steve, but people don't want to invest in your company, even if it's doing well. If you're just a brand new startup, I mean, very few companies go to the IPO, the initial public offering, as a startup that started six months ago. Steve, you've got to show some commitment to your ideas. Right.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think for a lot of people that that don't want to, like you talked about getting to the top of Google, if you're not willing to put in that time and that effort, you know, it's, uh, Chup and I were talking about this on the break, the law of the iceberg. Everybody sees the success of Google, but it says on your outline, an eight year overnight success story. Right. Well, you know, it's not like no one sees below the surface all the work that went in for them to be a success. Explain to the Thrive Nation
0: about your podcasts that you did for Total Lending Concepts, because you came into the Thrive Time Show World Headquarters consistently, you and Tyler, and you recorded podcasts each week. Why did you do it? What kind of results did you get as a result of that in in the Google search engine?
1: Well, we did it because we needed content, and while um, part of our relationship with Clay and his team is they write a lot of content for us, we couldn't uh, get to the top as fast as we wanted to without having our own original content, so we came in every single week at 6 o'clock in the morning on Wednesdays and recorded anywhere from, like, well, as many as we could stand, sometimes four, sometimes seven or eight or nine different podcasts, that we then transcribed and put on our uh, website so that we could have more content related to the search terms. And then we have, as you know, Clay, we're in multiple states. So not only did we have the the task of getting top in Google in Tulsa, but we also need to be top in Google in Pueblo, in Colorado Springs, and all these other markets that we're in.
0: Now, Eric chop is a business coach, for somebody listening to the show today and they say, gosh, I want to get to the top of Google, I want to be the top. Is, it's, it, Google's really the new yellow pages. It's where people look right. for the products and services that they buy. Can you? I, I mean... How can we help that person out there who's listening and who says, I want to get to the top of Google. I'm a doctor. I'm a dentist. I'm a lawyer. I'm a surgeon. I see your clients. I know you get them to the top of Google. Right.
2: I want to pay you guys to help me. How does that work? So there's two ways that uh, you can do it if you're part of the coaching program. We will teach you how to do it yourself, like Steve was just saying. So you can uh, a, lot of, a lot of people we work with, they'll assign it out to their team. They'll have three or four people who, if you, know, if you get those people an hour a week recording content for you, you can add up to 20 pages a week. Like Shaw Holmes. Fairly easily. Yeah, those they guys, do. they come in and they record uh, podcasts a couple of members of the staff and that's p- kind of part of their requirements. The other thing you can do is is we can actually our team can write articles for you. And we write them, we we decide on a keyword strategy with you and we write articles to put on your website. Uh, because as as we've talked about in the past content is king. Okay? So the, the Google's looking for the biggest book, not the best book. It doesn't have to be Shakespeare. So we're going to write those articles for you. We're going to Our team them. tries their best. They try their best, but they're not an well, expert in the industry and it but the, at the end of the day it doesn't necessarily matter, right? As long as the right keywords are in there, as long as the uh, information is updated and uh, the way that it needs to be in the format Google's looking for.
0: So here we are, August 19th, 2004. Uh, the guys band together, Larry, Sergey, and Eric. They say, we're going to stick together for 20 years on this thing. And the the initial public offering is organized by Morgan Stanley. And the group uh, says, you know what, here we go. And they make it available for people to, the initial, for the, for the public to uh, invest in the business for the first time. And they... Generated a market capitalization of thirty or, of $23 billion. They generated a market capitalization of $23 billion. And Yahoo actually owned 8.4 million shares of the company before the initial public offering. So they made out like bandits. Susan is now worth almost a billion dollars. They Craig, made more
1: money than Yahoo's ever made. Just True. by Google.
0: <laughs> I mean, like, Craig, Craig, you know, the first guy, he was worth almost $900 million. Oh, Craig. <laughs> Susan's actually worth over a billion now and is actually the CEO of YouTube. And when we come back on tomorrow's show, we're going to be breaking down specifically more of how Google works. And our goal this week is to teach every single member of the Thrive Nation how Google works works. It's so important that you learn how to do that. But when we start when we when we restart tomorrow's show, we're gonna restart in the year two thousand and five. They're thirty years old and they've been working on Google for nine years. Thrive Nation, we are here to help you, but we can't help you if we don't get to know you. Go to ThriveTimeShow.com today. You can sign up for the in-person workshops, the one-on-one business coaching, the world's most effective online school, or you can subscribe to the podcast. It's all available for you at ThriveTimeShow.com. And December 8th and 9th is coming up quick. If you have yet to purchase your tickets, just go to ThriveTimeShow.com and purchase your conference tickets. We have two tickets left. Only two. Only two tickets left. And, guys, we love to end the show with a boom. And so on today's show, we're going to do a countdown from the three to the two to the one. We're going to end with a boom. Thrive Nation, please feel free to count down with us. Without any further ado, three, two, one, Boom! boom!